0: Lock to life, baby. Welcome. Thank you for listening, downloading, and supporting the Black Man with the Gun Show. This week, gangbangers for the Second Amendment. I'm back. I'm going to tell you what's going on and welcome all the new people to the gun community. Yeah. We got some struggles, and I'm going to tell you how it is. Plus, we got armed citizens news and a preview of what's to come. you can going to hear me say thank you a lot. Especially if you've been listening to this show for a while. But if you're a newcomer, this is a great chance to catch up. Hold on. Let's roll. BlackmanWithAGun.com Ken Blanchard's Pro Gun Podcast. Well, all right. I'm happy I'm back. I'm black, and I'm glad that you're listening to me again. Yeah. If you've been listening to me for a while, let me tell you something. I always start the show off with John Wayne leading the Pledge of Allegiance. Now, I know this is a time period when folks don't even want to stand for the Star-Spangled Banner or give honor to anything other than themselves. But when I was a kid, we did this. It, It taught me something. When I was overseas, I learned how in the 33 countries that I traveled to, how the rest of the world looks upon us as cowboys and one of the greatest cowboys of all time is John Wayne I like him don't care if you do or not it's just my thing so after this he'll get on up with episode number 476 I do believe gangbangers for the second amendment I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Hey, it's the first week of June, and I decided I couldn't wait any longer. I had to get back on the microphone. Thank you for listening, downloading, and supporting the Black the Gun Show, formerly known as the Urban Shooter Podcast. I'm your host, Reverend Ken Blanchard, and since november of 2007... I've been podcasting, and I absolutely love it. I love it in the fact that I've been featured speaker and contributor at Blog World and, and other new media things. Mm-hmm. Representing the gun world. Since about 1986, I've been a firearms instructor. I became less of one as time went on because I found out that the target market I was trying to reach Didn't know about the racist roots of gun control. I found out that the target market that I was trying to help was afraid of the firearm, didn't understand the right to keep and bear arms. It's a little problem when you start off a business and your target market, you have to educate first. I became more of an evangelist, more of an activist than an instructor. I started off high speed, low drag, just like you probably did as a firearms instructor. You couldn't wait to get your shingle out there and uh, start teaching people how to take care of themselves. But that was 1986. Stumbled a couple times found that um, what I was putting down, nobody wanted. Got picked up by the activist cult known as the National Rifle Association. I say that with love. Law Enforcement Alliance of America, Gun Owners of America, Second Amendment Foundation, found out what they were all about, contributed as much as I could to them, and met a whole bunch of fantastic people ever since. It's never stopped. And then I tried my hat at writing because I thought, being a speaker, you got to have a product. And I learned about speaking. I became addicted to being a public speaker, a presenter, and I've spoken all over the country. And it continued, I did a lot of radio, black man with a gun. And the fun part was, it wasn't a radical guy, it wasn't a scary guy, it was just a black guy, me, who was into firearms, who wanted to talk about responsibility, love of his country, his neighborhood, his family, to talk about freedom. To talk about things that you don't get to talk about with your friends anymore. And I found out that that kept me going. And I've tried just about everything to keep the show going because in this infancy, podcasting was looked at kind of as a joke, a hobby thing. And I wanted it to be more. I took broadcasting courses. I took a class in broadcasting, not from a reputable school, a school that actually went bankrupt that I helped uh, expose their foolishness. Didn't get a refund, though, but I did learn and did cut my first commercial. All experiences aren't bad. And when podcasting came out, I thought this was my thing. I'm going to pick up the microphone, which you helped fund. Over time, it's my listening audience that has bought my computer and my microphone and my mixer and all the stuff that I have here in the basement. And my wife well, that's a whole other story. She couldn't figure it out, but she knew it made me happy, so long as you're not watching porn down there, you go right ahead. Who are you talking to? I said, my friends. Really? How did they get your stuff? Well, they downloaded it on their iPod. They downloaded it on their MP3 devices. Really? Yeah. And then they got it on their phones, then it was an app that was made. iTunes grew and blew up. started listening to, on my website, blackmanwithagun.com, which I've had since 1999. Yeah, I should have learned something by now. I've been blogging for a minute. And I traveled and I went to the Second Amendment Foundation's gun rights policy conferences and the National Rifle Association annual meetings. and I've even gotten a Civil Rights Award from the NRA. Sure did. I got trained in media relations by the MRA. Some of the best stuff I've ever learned. I've been there, done that, bought a t shirt. Started a gun club and found out that's a lot of work. People are sometimes difficult to to keep together. In our environment, in our community, there's a lot of competition. A lot of egos. And mine was just as big as everybody else's. So I thought, all right, I'm not ready for this yet, so let me let this go. Let me push this on somebody who's probably can't wait to be in charge. And it happened. We had several chapters of the 10th Cavalry Gun Club. Only one survived, and they became their own entity. I kept on moving, went into the ministry because I loved to speak. Loved to evangelize. Loved to help people. Found out that the audience that I was trying to help didn't really care for what I was putting down either. I was a little too rowdy for the crowd I was in. A little too honest. A little too altruistic. But that's another story too. And along the way, I've met some dynamic people that have restored my faith in America that will restore my faith in humanity, that make it so that this community is awesome. You are awesome. It is just so nice to talk to my gun community. And I kept rolling along and used my creative juices to just have fun with zombie strike and whatever I could do to keep things going. Every once in a while, the PC would go down and you had to get a, a virus check or get some new gear and, I sold everything. I've had T-shirts and hats and buttons and targets. And the targets were cool. Didn't copyright my pictures. So they're all over the place. And it cost more to ship them than it did to get them printed. Yeah, I still got a giant box of poster tubes sitting in here somewhere. Targets. Zombies. Shoot, when The Walking Dead came out, I was almost ready to sue them, but the stories between Zombie Strike and The Walking Dead are totally different. But I was hyped for a minute there. Them sons of guns stole my idea, but that's not how it worked. And then we moved into this new house in the suburbs. Got me an office in the basement that became my studio. It's still underneath the wash machine, though, so my wife gets a pension for cleaning up everything, starts banging on pots and pans, it comes through sometimes through the ceiling. But hey, that's the beauty of sound effects and the ambiance, right? Put you in the mood. And it's always filmed in front of a live studio Doberman pincher. My one person in the studio, my Doberman. I used to be afraid that you'll hear her licking herself and grooming herself or yawning or Passing wind, but um, the microphone doesn't pick it up, thank God. And we don't have smell of vision yet, so you don't smell when she uh, breaks bad. But my constant companion down here in the basement. So, filming from a live, Ginger. That's her name. Ginger the Doberman. The best dog I've ever had. So, I use the podcast to kind of share with what I'm done, what I'm I'm doing. Um, I am... I tried a couple of things in podcasting. I love all of them, but not all of them are profitable. So I had to cut some of the stuff loose. Then I had some stuff like life happen to me. Um, got out of the church. Of course, that was easy because they didn't want me to be there in the first place. Um, several things happened at my other job. And we just kept on podcasting. So you, over the time, you'll hear from episode 50 to now. Kind of what's going on in my life, in the background, between events, between the news, between personalities. And I met a lot. I probably got a list of 200 people that you see on television or hear on radio or they're newsmakers or they're in our community. I've had them on the show. It's kind of cool for this. And according to some people, I've inspired a few to start their own podcast. And I've helped with that because I love podcasting. I'm also a podcast consultant. I actually help people get their things going and created a couple of websites on the side to kind of fund it. See, my ultimate thing was I wanted to be self-sufficient. My whole thing, from the beginning, from the first day I started, was to be an entrepreneur. I didn't want to work for the government. I didn't want to work for anybody else but me. I want to create stuff, and I wanted to sell it, be able to live off of my creation. That's like my whole mantra for being This is about as close as I get. And I had my times when I was frustrated because stuff didn't work. Or I'd fly all the way out to SHOT Show. I'd walk miles and miles and miles. I'm begging. I'm talking. I'm pleading. I'm trying to show folks the value of supporting me and sponsoring me. And you're the only one who did. Yeah. But nothing is always lost. I always gain a friend, at least one person, that I wouldn't have known if I hadn't traveled halfway across the country. Spent fifteen hundred dollars and did what I did. So little by little, I got a nice community of listeners. I hope you stick around if you're a new one, and thank you so much for being with me all this time. Just last show, I said I needed a break. I needed to take a take five. I know, and uh, you accommodated me. You didn't say anything, and I asked also for some photos. Yeah, I got a digital frame. I'm going to be sticking all the photos you send in this frame and keep it on my desk so that when I'm talking, I can look right at you. Like I got a picture of Brett and Mike and Matt and Art and Gary and Will and Johnny, Adam and Bill, Paul. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Oh, I didn't forget you. I got yours right here. Yeah, I do. I'm not going to share it with anybody. I'm just going to stick it in my frame. You send me the JPEG and I put it on the flash drive and I stick it in the picture and it's kind of cool like that. You can send it to at blackmanwithagun at gmail.com. That's my main email. It's been that way for a good little while. Black man with a gun. Still makes some. Um, some people blink. And this just kinda of tells me where they are. But for the most part, this is for the cool people in the industry. It's the the mature people, the folks. Who understand that I am pro-American. Man, I am pro-American. I am pro-freedom. I am pro-love. I am pro-life. My life. And your life, too. No joke. But my life is not perfect. Not by a long shot. And the kid has failed at more things than most people have. And I'm still here. By the grace of God. And I got some awesome friends. Facebook page, I got about two or three Facebook pages. And you guys are pretty real on there. I kind of chase away some people and foster the relationships of others because I can tell who's, who's, who's in a cool school. Not just a troll, not just the first you know person just going to get in and get out. Got some nice relationships going. Over time, it's been some good stuff. And I thank you for that. You can find out more about me if you have never heard of this stuff at Black with a Gun at BlackManWithaGun.com. You just go right there. I'm sorry. You'll find out that I wrote a book in 2014, a a remake of a book I wrote back in 1999 called Black Man with a Gun Reloaded. Honestly enough. Yeah. I want to talk about uh, some of the new people in our community, and give a message to them this, this week. Summer is finally here, and almost like springtime, there's a lot of growth in the gun community. So much so, I created a second site called thegunmovement.org, and I'm using that to kind of highlight and foster some conversations and some stuff for the new folks in our community. gunmovement.org, which is supported by the United Concealed Carry Association, How cool is that? And I got another podcast and another blog just called KenBlanchard.com about the struggle. And I'm using that one to talk about men's health and men's issues and just everything other than the gun world that I'm involved in. Trying to be an encourager and inspire people to, uh, to do better and have healthier, happier lives. It's all about giving, right? Makes me feel good. I don't care if nobody else. That's Ken Blanchard. And that's Ken with two N's. And the reason I do that is there is a guy by the name of Kenneth H. Blanchard, doctor. And he is the author of The One Minute Manager and Gung Ho and a lot of books about leadership out of California. I think he's close to 80 now. And he pays a lot for his Google ads. But if you look for Ken with one N, you're, following, you're probably... Pull him up. So I put two N's in my Kenneth. So there's Ken Ken Blanchard, and that's me. The black man with the gun. That's the deal. Let's go a little hip-hop for a minute. A little modern mix here. Music from a friend of mine who actually created GunsLingo.com. Gangbangers for the Second Amendment. Is the Second Amendment truly for everyone or just the people that conform to our, quote, norm? You know, the perceived image of the gun community is predominantly white men. Yeah, for real, with the complement of white women. Whenever young black owners get together, there is a perception to some that they are thugs if they don't operate the same way as the established groups, believe it or not. You know, diversity is the, Holy grail for the gun community. There's a lot of lip service given to acquiring it. But I ask you a question, is the community truly ready for it? You see, change is coming. Yes, it is, beloved. As this group of gun owners 2.1 arrive, they bring the culture of the millennials and generation X and Y that has grown up on that first-person shooter game, the internet and cell phone use like nobody's business. They move to a different soundtrack, maybe like the one you're listening to right now. They don't identify with the culture that wants to include them as long as they, and only if, they conform. You know, hip-hop ain't country, baby. And it damn sure ain't NRA country. If you can't conform, you're okay, right? But if you look like a gangbanger, hmm, not so much. Will the gun community that is seeking to diversify really want to embrace this group or will it reject them as heretics? And just in case you don't know, this is already happening. Since I started the gun movement, I've been contacted by representatives of at least four new gun clubs of color. These passionate young people are posting pictures on Facebook and Instagram almost weekly, showing themselves at indoor ranges. They're creating videos, videos, and what they disclose to me is that not everybody wants them to, to be where they are. Most folks either want them to join them, but not kind of meet them halfway. You see, there's a, they have a, a different way about them. They are, uh, they're proud, they're smart, they're fast, they, they're, they're nationalistic. They ain't, they're not, um, what do you call it, sinking or wilting violets. I forgot how that phrase goes. These not shy folks. They don't have all the answers, but they're bold about how they move. And they're inspired by Mr. Colion Noir from YouTube. So they decided, decided to start their own groups. Now, although inspired by Noir, they don't like his politics, they've told me. They assume that because of his affiliation with the NRA, that what he says is scripted by them. And they're cool with that. They understand how the game is played. Established gun groups missed the opportunity to reach out to these by casting shade on them really early. We forgot what it felt like to be on fire for a cause and not necessarily have all the answers. On social media, these new groups have posted some controversial pictures and some videos. And they have been demonized, admonished, and punished online by trolls before the dust even settled on a post. And it incited them to stay away from the status quo. And guess what? As much as you don't want to hear it, we're in the status quo now. Truth is, the strongholds of gun control still are in urban America. The racist laws that created to keep people of color from gun ownership are still in effect. But as a testament of character, a lot of the white men and women of the gun community are fighting for the people that live there, and they just don't know it. The good news is that your hard work and your money has paved the way for this change. There is an increasing number of so-called minorities joining the gun ranks of the gun community every day. Only negative is, we're divisive. We're separatist. Yeah. We're not yet one nation under God. We're not yet us. Us is where I want to get us to be. You know, like U.S., like United. And that's my job. I decided to take it. It was an open vacancy. Nobody else was doing it. Well, I will be the uniter. I will be those who bring it together. It doesn't matter whether it makes money or not. I'm in a different place now in my life. I'm having fun being the sage. I'm having fun being me. And I like, like being the ambassador of goodwill to show young people and old people how cool it could be if we all could just get along. I got the best friends to listen to this podcast. If you would rock a black man with a gun patch, you are pretty squared away. If you would do anything with me, you got your act together. I would invite any of you guys to my house for dinner. And I can't say that about some relatives that I got. But again, that's a different story. But I got you got the same kind of relatives. This portion of the show is sponsored by CrossbreedHolsters.com. Crossbreed Holsters has gained national recognition as a maker of the best and most functional concealment holsters available on the market today. Each holster is handcrafted to ensure your firearm is safe and secure while carrying, combined with the best customer service in the industry. Visit CrossbreedHolsters.com. None of us is as strong as all of us. If you are new, welcome to the gun community. If you're a relatively new firearms owner that has just started shooting and showing your skills to others, welcome. I know you may have had a gun for a while, but just started to get serious. This message is for you. Maybe you even joined a group of like minds and you're enjoying yourself. If you were like posting stuff on Facebook and you were that community that I was talking about, I got a message for you. You are now part of something larger than yourself. Everybody in the gun community is lumped together by the anti-rights crowd, the elitist, the ignorant, and the hoplophobic. You can do whatever you want, but know that what you do will affect the rest of us. And that's affect, actually. My English teacher would be proud. The gun community, up until now, was a predominantly a good old boys club. Howdy boys. It's not that anymore, but the remnants of their culture are deep. The smart people of the movement know that to survive we must be unified and diversified. The status quo talks about it, but it really doesn't want to change that which they cannot control. I can say that with authority. I've been in some meetings, I've seen The look on their faces, I've seen what they do not do, the passive, non-aggressive behavior. That if you wanted to change something, you would put your wallet where your mouth is. But there is a quote from the Asante people in Africa that says, none of us is as strong as all of us. Which means that we can do better together than we can separately. I'll let you marinate on that for a moment. In the gun community, you'll see some pretty sterile practices. Language is important, for example. Images are important. Perception is reality. The gun community guards itself against being perceived as gun-toting idiots. We try, anyway. You'll see civilian gun clubs that don't reference the words killing, executing, etc. of the bad guys like we used to do in the military. If you look carefully... You'll see a hesitancy and a learned caution about showing pictures of us brandishing our firearms. Now, I know there's a culture, I call them 2.1, that loves to do that. You'll even notice that the NRA basic courses are, quote, boring, but they are highly regarded by state and local legal entities. Why? They've been through the ringer of legal stuff, they've been tested. Let me explain what you won't find on a Google search. Gun ownership has been a, quote, bone of contention since the invention of gunpowder. It has always been about power and control. The common man was not supposed to be able to defend himself. He had to wait on the government. He had to wait on a king. He had to wait on something. And certainly not a slave. See, gun control is racist. Even today, a black man with a gun scares people. If he's not in the uniform of some kind, representing the, quote, government, then he must be a criminal. Not my rules, perception, and culture drive this. As a person of color, know that we have a long history in the gun control world. Most of the laws that pertain to gun control involve us. Today, legislature that we are trying to change involves people that look like you and me. Gun control is still happening and strong in cities and locales where we live. But funny enough, the folks that are involved in this fight don't live where we live. So here's a hint. Anybody trying to give you a gun is a brother, regardless of their color, political affiliation. Yeah, you feel me? And But anybody, anybody trying to take that away from you, is your real enemy. See, I know you know this. Well, let me remind you about some stuff. If you're going for a job interview, you have to usually dress in what we used to call our Sunday best. Back when we used to go to church, that is. For those that are self-employed or musicians, and you don't have to worry about your image, let me give you another picture. If you are in court and you're trying to impress the judge not to take your kids from you, lock you up, or take your money, the lawyer might advise you not to look like you probably looking now or presenting yourself on Facebook. To be, quote, presentable, that's what they're looking for, is that image that's still real in the world despite how free you are. And in this gun community, it's the same way because it's based on us all going into the court system to try to legislate them to stop restricting our right to keep and bear arms. So we got to put on a false face, an image of acceptance, of of responsibility, our Sunday best. But if they can use the image of a scary black man or woman, they will justify denying our rights. I know that's wrong, but it is what it is. The same thinking goes in defending your right to keep and bear arms on a personal level. The use of skulls, especially that punisher one. Cross black rifles, targets on heads, or any reference that we would use in the military will offend the jury of public opinion and get your rights denied. If you have to defend yourself personally in court after taking a life in self defense, for example, it'd be very intelligent of you not to have a firearm inscribed with logos and text that make you seem like you had malice aforethought or was intentionally looking to murder someone. Again, let me let that marinate for a minute. It's all cool and stuff to pose. But this is real life stuff. If you have to defend your freedom for the rest of your life. In a world where they can go back and pull up your Facebook pages. Show what you wear. You might be put under prison. This is what none of the trolls that haunt your post and Facebook pictures have told you. Do you realize that some jobs won't hire you because of your hairstyle and your tattoos and your piercings, right? That by doing this, you limit yourself, which is fine if you don't want to go anywhere or get any help from anyone else. You, just, you have the right to do whatever you want. You can't take back a first impression. That's all I'm talking about. I know is not what you thought you were signing up to do and didn't realize it was this serious, but it is. Everything that we've gained has happened One step at a time, one law at a time, one testimony at a time, one case at a time. You are free. You can do whatever you want. But please understand, though, that you are also free to look like an idiot. Like it or not, we are in this together. Now, if you want to be a part of this movement, learn your history. Even though it was probably presented wrong to you, some of the trolls have some valid points, even though they have failed to respect you. You... Make good choices, be smart, and welcome. I say this all with love. This is your friend and your brother from another mother, Reverend Ken Blanchard. And I'm known as the Black Man with a gun. Young fella, if you're looking for trouble, I'll accommodate you. This portion of the show is brought to you by the United States Concealed Carry Association. <laughs> The USCCA has been providing education, training, and self-defense insurance to responsibly armed Americans since 2003. Join Tim Schmidt and myself here at USConcealedCarry.com. In the News. In the news. This is from Wednesday, June 1st, 2016. 18-year-old charged with capital murder after Byram Home Burglary. Byram, Mississippi. An 18-year-old is charged with capital murder following an alleged burglary he was involved in in a Byram home. Police have arrested 18-year-old Samuel Reed of Terry for capital murder in the death of another individual following their investigation. Just after 3 p.m. on Wednesday, Byram officers responded to a home on Brook Drive for burglary in progress. In the house, officers found three people, the residents of the home, a visitor identified as Reed, and a man who was shot and killed who police believe to be an intruder. Police believe that Reed had been inside the home before the burglary and shooting happened. It is believed that Reed had worked with the intruder to rob the home. When the intruder entered the home, the resident retrieved a firearm and shot and killed him. The name of the resident will not be released due to his age. The identity of the intruder is being held for identification and notification of next of kin. Reed has been transferred to the Hines County Jail where he will await an initial appearance in Byram Municipal Court. The investigation is still ongoing, and we will update when we have more information. This is from Mississippi News Now. And I have the links to it on BlackmailTheGun.com for the episode. Next up, woman shoots at would-be robber in Little Rock. Little Rock police were called in an attempted robbery on Asher Avenue Sunday morning after a woman shot at a man trying to rob her. Tiffany Williamson, 34, told police she was sitting in her car, playing with her dog, when a man approached the front of her vehicle. The man pointed a black semi-automatic handgun at her. And the joker said, give me all you got. She told police. Williamson, who works as an armed guard, told police that she grabbed her gun beside her seat and fired one shot through the windshield at the man. The man fled, but Williamson followed and told police that he ran north on Maple Street and back east on West 24th Street before she lost sight of him, according to the report. The gunman was described as a black man with curly hair and a light build. Next story is, motorist pulls chainsaw on driver with a gun. Man, you can't make this stuff up. I believe this is Newington, Connecticut. A local man is free on bond after his arrest Friday. On charges, he pulled out a chainsaw and shouted racial slurs during a road rage incident in Farmington on May 6th. Michael Salafia, 30, of Whitefield, Whitewood Drive, allegedly got out of his car with a chainsaw while at a red light and approached another driver, Farmington police said. As Salafia was advancing on the other driver, who was a black male, Salafia started the chainsaw and began yelling racial slurs. The other pulled out a gun, which he was carrying legally, police said, to stop Salafia from getting closer, Salafia let. But not Salafia left but not before accidentally cutting himself with the chainsaw which sputtered blood on the other man's car. The other man was not charged in an instant, police said. Salafia so turned himself in on Friday to face charges of second-degree breach of peace, second-degree threatening and intimidation based on bigotry or bias. He'll be released after posting $2,500 bond and is scheduled to appear in a Hartford Superior Court on June seventh. Is that nuts or what? All right, let's go to Philadelphia, where an off-duty officer shoots at car after being knocked off motorcycle in a hit-and-run. An off-duty police officer opened fire on a hit-and-run driver after being knocked off his motorcycle in North Philadelphia late Tuesday night, according to officials. Officials told NBC10 the unidentified officer fired multiple shots at the sedan with at least two people inside after the wreck at North Broad and Tioga Street shortly after 11 p.m. At least one of the bullets struck nearby Temple University. Hospital, sharing a window. No one in the hospital was hurt. It wasn't clear if anyone in the green, older model sedan, a Monte Carlo, with front-end damage, was struck by bullets. The officer who was wearing a helmet was checked out at Temple Hospital and is expected to be okay, despite being thrown from his bike. Eyewitnesses said it appeared women were in the car through, though police said a man was taken in for questioning. The motorcycle was coming down here, and the girls came down here and turned off in front of the motorcycle, said witness Jim. He says the motorcycle hit the car and flipped over, and the girls kept on going. Then the guy pulled out his gun and started shooting at them. Officers recovered the striking vehicle about 1.5 miles away in the Frayer Hill neighborhood. The car had damage to its front end, and one bullet hole could be seen in the side of that car. Police Commissioner Richard Ross said the driver was being questioned, though it wasn't immediately clear if he'll face charges. Ross said it's against police regulations to shoot at a fleeing vehicle, though he's not sure whether the shooting might have been justified for other reasons. You'll find that link again at blackmanwithagun.com. Got two more and then we're done. This one is from Concord, North Carolina. Security guard fatally shoots robber. A man accused of trying to rob a Concord business Tuesday night was shot and killed, police say. Police say that two men tried to rob the Concordoverstock.com store around 10.30 p.m. As the two suspects entered the establishment, one suspect, identified as Abdul Rahim Mohammed, was fatally shot by an armed security guard working at the time. After conducting several interviews on scene, it was determined that Mohammed was one of the two suspects that attempted to rob the business, police said. Both suspects were armed during the attempted robbery, according to police. The second suspect fled the scene prior to the arrival of officers, and his identity remains unknown. It's an ongoing crime investigation. Anybody with information, please call the Concord Police Department. 704-920-5000 Ain't that something. And here, this one goes to California. Fresno, indeed. Robber dead in Easton after store clerk thieves exchange gunfire. Our final story on this week's Armed Citizens Report. One robber is dead after Easton store clerk and two thieves exchange gunfire Tuesday night, according to the Fresno County Sheriff's Office. The dead robber was identified Wednesday by the Sheriff's Office as 17-year-old Isaac Garcia of Fresno. His alleged accomplice was still on the loose. He is described as a Hispanic male in his late teens to early 20s, five foot eight to 5 foot 10 inches tall and weighing about 170 to 190 pounds. Sheriff Spokesman Terry Bodie described what investigators have learned about the shooting. About 10.50 p.m., Garcia and his accomplice opened the door to the Jiffy Food Shop on Elm Avenue, just north of Lincoln Avenue, and pointed guns at the man who was behind the counter just inside the door. There were customers inside the store. The clerk drew a gun, and one of the robbers fired a shot, missing the clerk. From behind the counter, the clerk returned fire and the robbers retreated. No one inside the store was hurt. Deputies found Garcia dead outside the store with a gun near his body. It's not known if the accomplice got away or how he did it. At least one deputy sped off in a cruiser south from the store in search of the other robber, but soon returned to the scene. Detectives and crime scene investigators swarmed the store into mid-morning Wednesday. The sheriff's office is asking for anybody was around the store during that time and might have heard their conversation about the robbery attempt to call the sheriff's dispatch or Crime Stoppers at 559-498-7867. Details to all this can be found where? You know it, blackmanwithagun.com. Do you carry a concealed firearm for self-defense? Are you prepared to survive prosecution by the criminal justice system? Join the Armed Citizen Legal Defense Network and find out how. You'll get legal help plus a series of educational DVDs and a 235 page book to keep you informed. For details, go to Network.org. That's armedcitizensnetwork.org. Woo, that's a good time to stop, right? Check out. BlackmanWithAGun.com for all that I've done, or go to GunMovement.org, join my list, find me on Facebook, you'll find me at KenBlanchard.com, Ken Blanchard and the Blackman with the Gun Facebook pages there. Check out all that you like and see, hopefully you're, you'll buy my book if you don't have it, um, if you would like to help me keep on going, inspire me to go a little further, join my Patreon group. What's that? Patreon is like the, um, the patrons, the folks who help support the show. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Black Man with a Gun. There'll be a link to it on the show notes for this episode. Thank you so much for being here. Really. If you want to get the free app where you can get all the contact information, go to BlackManWithAGun dot and it'll take you right to the iTunes link. We don't have the um, the Linux one yet for the Android, but if you have an Apple, there's a free app available for you. Blackmanwithagun.org. A friend made it for me. How cool is that? When I come back, I'm sure Michael J. Woodland will be with me. My new partner in crime. We're going to be touching down and tackling the gun movement with a new show that you'll see there. You know, there's one universe, nine planets. 204 countries, 809 islands, 7 seas, and I had the privilege of meeting you. This is your friend and your brother, Ken Blanchard. I want to thank you one more time. I can't say it enough. For rolling with a brother one more time. This show is for the cool people, and I'm glad you get it. Just in case nobody has told you this today, I love you, and there's not a darn thing you can do about it. Until next week. Shalom, baby. Until next time, friends. To keep in touch with Ken and his cause, head over to blackmanwithagun.com.